Welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. How are you today, Kim? I'm well. Thanks, Mark. It's been a good week, busy week. Kids are back to school, starting to think about some more, uh, you know, work stuff. And there's a lot going on in the world of wine. Wine sales go up when school is back in action, I think, Kim. And do they go up even more when homeschool is yeah, in action? Especially this year. Yeah. Especially this year. <laughs> the memes are just incredible with yeah. parents needing wine. Everybody, and you'd be surprised how many people come in uh, to the store and say that, you know, school started, I need a drink, and <laughs> so, a lot to talk about. I think about there'd be more that. of it in the summertime when we have a little bit more free time when the kids yeah. are home, but uh, stress. I stress. think everyone's stress level has just, has really gone up. It's been, you know, as the parent of two kids who are, are you know, not quite little kids, but not quite teenagers, um, this has been... A very interesting time with school starting back up again and, you know, kids who still need us but don't really need us too much. So, um, you know, I can only imagine those parents who have littler kids or older kids are maybe needing a drink a little more than I am. Yeah, still still crazy times. And that's why we're still not in the studio, Kim. We're always recording remotely our show. And uh, but we're here for our listeners to talk wine and this week, we wanted to update everyone on the 2020 harvest update out in the West Coast. And everybody's been hearing a lot in the news, Kim, about fires and smoke. And we both were concerned what's going to happen with the vintage out there. So right. we did some research. We wanted to tell our listeners the latest that we have on this. Uh, the latest I had heard, Kim, with the fires out there and a lot of smoke, there's up to 100 fires in 12 states that could affect the vintage this year. Right. Because, you know, we often, when we think about um, American wine and, and wildfires, we tend to associate California uh, because we still get about, I think it's 88% of the country's production of wine is from California. But every state produces wine and there are so many states out in the western part of the country right now that are being affected by these wildfires. So it's not just California, you know, it's Oregon has been really hard hit, Washington state, um, Colorado. I have a friend uh, who is from Colorado and has been keeping up on what's been going out going on out there. And she said that, you know, pictures and things from her family are just incredible. It's like you can see just the the fire and the smoke and the glow and how scary it all seems. So it, this is not just a California thing, not even just a, you know, Pacific Ocean thing. This This is really affecting a lot of different areas of the country right now. Yeah, and it's at the worst time. So for our listeners, they, the harvest time is right now, September uh, October, and it's happening earlier, earlier every year. So when these fires hit, they're creating a lot of smoke. And like just the past week, we've seen where it was cloudy and we were getting the effects of the snow. I mean, yeah, snow, smoke blowing our way. And uh, <laughs> that is what's happening out right. there in, in a major form. So when that's hovering over your vineyards, people start to really panic. And in the past, Kim, we've talked about how the smoke 
uh, affects grapes. Do you want to refresh our listeners about that? Sure. And I, you know, honestly, I, I feel like it was just recently that we were speaking about fires and smoke because this has become such a regular part of the cycles of certain areas. So we had the terrible Australian fires um, at the end of their summer, which uh, was our winter. So January, February, we had awful fires down in Australia that we were tracking. Um, and for the last, I think there were four out of the last six vintages. And 17 was bad. 18 was bad. We had some in 19. And now here we are in 20 for, for California again. So the yeah, we've been covering this every big year. impact. Yeah. So I mean, we were talking about those Australian ones in like February and March. And we had addressed the 2019 California fires in November, December, just of last year. So this is a common thing that is happening more and more. And, and it's, it's very worrisome to a lot of grape growers and winery owners, not only because of the smoke, which we'll get to in a minute, but there is the possibility of the fires affecting their buildings and burning down their wine, burning down their vines, burning down, you know, their, their actual physical structures. So it seems with this last round of fires, which was all over Northern California, but also affecting uh, the Willamette Valley in Oregon as well, that there wasn't as much structural damage that we at least, or at least that I have been able to read about. Um, I like to Google like what winery has been affected by wildfires or what winery has burned down or, you know, vineyard damage due to fire. There don't seem to be as many of those specific locations and buildings and wineries that have been caught in the path of the flames as we saw in 2019. But the big impact that we're seeing right now is all this smoke. And it's not just impacting wineries or vineyards, you know, it is impacting other, other agriculture. And there's a lot of questions about, you know, is this smoke damaging to my tomatoes or is this smoke damaging to, you know, whatever else happens to be, to be growing. And the fact that we could see it here on the East Coast, 3,000 miles away, and it was making for hazy sunsets and like weird high clouds during the day really says something about just how catastrophically smoky it was in California. So we've got yeah, all of this smoke to worry about and not necessarily the fire impact on particular wineries themselves. And, and I think that that is a, is a really key thing to talk about, that it's not that vineyards are burning down or that wineries are burning down. It's the smoke impact on all the fruit. Yeah. And I think that's what we wanted to talk with our listeners today because we wanted to research. Like you said, we wanted to see who has been affected, what's going on. And you mentioned in California, it's in Napa, it's in Sonoma, it's in Monterey, it's in Santa Cruz, in Oregon, it's in the Rogue uh, Valley in the yep, South, Rogue Valley. it's in the North in the Willamette. And you also mentioned like in Oregon, they're worried about their apples and their pears mm -hmm. in Oregon and Washington. So it's a, a complete agricultural. And then we're in the middle of the, the pandemic. So there was all sorts of issues of getting help to harvest anyway, right. because they couldn't bring workers in. They had to maintain a more distance with the workers. Now they're fighting this smoke. So, right. Like we needed one more thing on top of it. Right. right. You know, and, and this is their time. I mean, they have to harvest the fruit or there is no vintage. There is no wine to be made. So they're right. out there in this smoke going like crazy to harvest what they can right now. It's time. They're, they're ready. They're trying to get it. And like you said, there's not like there's 
the areas are huge. So it's not like there's raging fires all around these wineries. It's the smoke is just everywhere. I'm glad you brought attention to the timing of it, Mark, because often when we think of the produce that we eat or the foods that we eat, we don't necessarily consider so much the seasonality of it anymore because, you know, you can get carrots every day of the year. You can get lettuce every day of the year. Things that might not grow around you are being grown someplace else. And so you can always get something in your grocery store if you're, you know, of course, lucky enough to live where there are grocery stores and you can get to them that are coming from all over the place. So, you know, we, we tend to not think of the seasonality of things anymore. But wine, and especially fine wine, really does have, it really is impacted by the precise picking of that fruit. So, you know, if you are two weeks late picking a grape, it's going to taste very, very different than if you picked it those 14 days prior. And I think that that is something that's important for listeners to know is that it's not like, oh, the fires, you know, started on the 21st of August. They could just, you know, pick that week and then be done with it. If you pick those grapes that aren't ready yet, like maybe they're not supposed to be, you know, they won't be at their best until the very end of September. It's a tough choice because does the vineyard manager decide, okay, we're going to pick early and not have to worry about all the smoke in the vineyard? Or do we take a chance and leave them there to ripen fully, but then we have this risk of the fires and the smoke impacting the quality of the fruit. So it's it's very difficult because you don't you can't predict the future, so you don't know what's necessarily going to happen to your crop, but you don't want to lose the whole crop either. But you're also having to contend with the idea of if I pick it too early, then the quality's not going to be there. So it's a very tough situation for a lot of vineyard managers to be in right now. Yeah, and the smoke is not something that is harmful if you to make it into wine and to drink right it's it. not going to hurt it, you it just totally changes the profile of the wine mm-hmm. it actually does give that campfire ashtray you know the charred taste to a wine and one of the interesting things we talked about in the past with our listeners kim was they don't really know the true impact of the smoke on the grape until it's fermented so almost like it's too late like you pick acres and acres of grapes they look good and then you ferment them and the wine is just totally different. So it, it's yeah, really this is what, I think one of the fascinating so things lot, about, about this. A lot of what they're doing, they, they're actually taking samples in the vineyards. They send them to a lab and they can detect it before it's fermented in the lab. So they'll take from one part of the, of the vineyard, another part of the vineyard, find out what the most unaffected grapes are, and they'll use those. So a lot of that is going on right now. So we'll go into a little bit of the science of it after we come back from our break. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine. We are your hosts, Mark and Kim, joining you every week with trends and topics from the wine world. You can find more about Mark at his website, franklinliquors.com, and more information about myself at vinitaswineworks.com. Welcome back, everybody. We have been talking about the wildfires uh, in the western part of the U.S. and how it impacts this year's 2020 harvest. And we were uh, speaking a little bit about the science behind smoke taint and uh, the problems that vineyard managers and winery owners and grape growers are dealing with right now, not so much because of fire in the vineyard, but because of smoke in the vineyard. So Mark, you were just talking a little bit about uh, smoke taint and what that does to a grape and what that does to juice. 
And I think it's completely fascinating that smoke in the vineyard or a certain type of smoke in the vineyard can impact the grapes and get through certain compounds from the smoke can get onto the skin of the grapes and be absorbed into the fruit. But if you were to pick that grape and eat it, it's not going to taste smoky. But if you're going to ferment that grape into wine and after fermentation and you drink it, you put it in your mouth, that's the only time that it might taste like a campfire. Fascinating. Yeah. And, and not to confuse the listeners, kid, but there are conditions where the oak barrels that wine is in gives a little of that smoky or there are oh, actually areas oh, that give that profile of a smokiness. It doesn't mean those were in a fire or in a, in, with smoke around there. It's right. That's intentional. Yeah. yeah intentional. That's intentional on the part Correct. of the winemaker. But in, yeah, in this case, you know, we're talking about these uh, vineyards that just happen to be in the kind of in the wrong place where the wind was blowing in the wrong direction and uh, smoke from these wildfires uh, got to got to them. So I, I think one of the big differences that we are reading about last year's wildfire season in California and this year's season, it seems like there is a lot more um, ability for grape growers to be able to test their fruit um, than there was last year. And yeah, we, good point. Um, they've adapted because yeah. it's been so common lately. They've come up with test mes- uh, methods and you're right. They, they've adapted. Yeah. And I think it's, it's actually great that there, I mean, it's not great that there's this need, but I, I think it's wonderful that there are people in the scientific community and people who are these laboratories that have the methods to, to test for these things, these compounds in, in your grapes or in your wine or in your juice. And yes, the delay, you know, there's just like there's a backlog in COVID testing, there's a backlog in, uh, in grape testing for, for these smoke taint issues. But it's good that though that the capability is there, and it seems to be that there's more capability this year than there was last year. So it's a it's a terrible thing for them to have to rely on, but at least the the scientific know-how is now there. Although you know we haven't gotten to the point where you can test the grape and say yes, this grape has been is going to produce a wine that is smoke tainted. At least it seems like that by making some some really small micro batches and testing that and testing juice that there are ways to determine whether you know maybe this vineyard or this part of a vineyard should just be passed over this year because it's just too damaged. But there does seem to be a positive note in that a lot of producers, you know, are still are being very, very um, conservative when it comes to which grapes they have decided to pick and and make into wine so that they don't release a product that is subpar or that has this smoke taint to it. So it seems like there's, um, there's this good balance between wanting to be careful with what you're picking, produce a good product, but still make sure that you have wine to sell. So hopefully with this new scientific knowledge, we still will have wines available to us from California and that these wineries can still stay in business because it's been a tough year for not only the fires, but also with with COVID and with restaurants not being able to be open and everything that we've been dealing with with 2020. Yeah, a couple of things I saw, Kim, was how are they going to minimize if these grapes have the smoke on them? And one of the things was they'll just have less skin contact on red wine. Mm -hmm. So it won't let, as long as it doesn't touch as long, then you don't get the full impact of the smoke, which I thought was very interesting. So, But you won't see this on whites as much because they don't have skin contact. So you don't have to worry about your white grapes as much as the red grapes. And the other thing was it should not affect 
if there's already wine in a barrel in a winery. So say they have their reserve their aging wines and they're mm-hmm. in the barrel and there's smoke around the winery. It should not affect things that are already in barrel or, or already in the process of fermenting. Right. And, and I mean, that is good for producers that produce primarily white wine. You know, this isn't necessarily an issue that they have to worry about. The thought just occurred to me that maybe there'll be more kind of Blanc de Noir kind of things. You know, sometimes we see white Pinot Noir or, you know, white Merlot or something right. like that. You know, maybe that is a, maybe this will be a catalyst for some new styles of wine. So, you know, pick your, pick your red grapes, but press them without the skin and we have some some new wine styles out there. Yeah, hmm. well, good winemakers, if they have grapes and they, they can make a wine, they, they're going to do something yeah. to, you know, make some money. Yeah, use, they need money. use good marketing, but you got to, I mean, you got to use your product. You can't just dump all those grapes out the back door because that, you know, there are people relying on the sale of those wines for their livelihood and you can't just dump your crop. So, so I don't know, it's going to be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Did you research or find any uh, wineries that you, you saw reflected in any of the states? Because I, um, I had a couple. I want to see if we, had, if we saw. I, I, th- the research that I did, I wasn't able to put my finger on any that I'm familiar with for available in the state of Massachusetts. So there weren't really too many that jumped out at me like there were last year. Like last year, I felt like there were quite a few that I was familiar with and that I regularly drank their wines. But this year, um, a lot of the names of wineries that were impacted were a little bit less familiar to me. Well, I I researched Oregon had Ah. only listed one winery. It was in in the Southern uh, area and it was called Simple Machine Winery. But they were stating the problem in Oregon is just it's very bad conditions for harvesting in because it's just so smoky. But mm-hmm. there, was, there was that one winery in Washington. Uh, we had mentioned their big concern was the apples and the pears, but they seemed to be a few places that shut down because of, of the problems, but they didn't get a, it like burnt down or anything like that. So that, right. that was good news. In California, there were actually two wineries that I saw that had some damage. One of them was La Borgata Winery. You ever heard of this? No. They lost their whole vineyard, their winery, and their distillery. And then there was a place in Santa Cruz called Basin Vineyards. They lost their, not only their crop, but they lost their home, but not the winery. So, Mm. I mean, people are definitely impacted big. Napa was in the news again, but everybody seems to be safe in Napa as far as property compared to the last time. Yeah. The couple of folks that I know who, who work at wineries out there, you know, have been taking some fantastic pictures, like very interesting smoke covered, you know, red on the horizon pictures, but no real, you know, damage to structures to report. You know, the interesting thing about social media is like on Instagram, you've probably seen this because I've seen a ton of it where the vineyards are all posting these pictures. The, they, they can see the fires, they can yep. see the smoke. And I'm like, on Instagram, you that like it, right? I mean, there's no thing <laughs> on Instagram to say, geez, I'm so sorry. Can't give it a hot. You, 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 I so I'll just put a comment. You know, hope you know everything's okay. But it, that's one of the weird things. But you can't do the wow thing on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> you can't give it any other thing like Facebook. So yeah, all <laughs> amazing pictures when they're in valleys and they're looking over the mountains. You just see this glow of fire. Yeah, and it's so you know the area is huge, but when they get in those little valleys where everybody's really in one area growing. It's very, I, I would be scared to death out there. Yeah, me too. So I did reach out to a winemaker I stock and I personally 
know this gentleman. His name's Gene Arnold, Kim, and he has Kate Arnold wines. And the interesting thing about this gentleman- Oh, I love those wines. He harvests, those, are brand, those are new to you. Oh, those wines yeah, are wonderful. He, the gentleman is just great. He names the wines after his wife, Kate, and he gets fruit sourced from Washington, California, and Oregon. So I sent him an email and he didn't, he didn't get back to me. So I said, oh, geez, so, you know, something's going on. Finally, he got back to me and he said, California is way worse than Oregon and Washington. And they're just worried about the uh, smoke in Oregon and Washington, but the, they're worried about the fire more getting close to too many mm. uh, vineyards in, in California. And what he's doing, and you mentioned it earlier, he's taking grapes and doing small fermentations of certain batch right now. He's like, let's, let's put them in, let's ferment them and see in small batches. For testing? Yeah, for testing. Is this for the testing purposes? Okay. Yes. Yeah, just small batch ferments, he called it. So, I, I mean, I've never heard of that before. He called them micro-ferments. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the uh, terminology that I've heard is micro-ferment. So you do really tiny batches, and then that's like your test case. And if that is fine and that doesn't show any of this residual smoke taint that will come out once you start tasting it after fermentation is done, then you can go ahead and the rest of your batch is going to be fine. So this is, this is a guy, Kim. He has uh, growers he contracts with to get their fruit. So if these people are affected, he has no product to put out. Right. I mean, this is a big impact for small producers. I have not seen, I actually Googled this. I don't know if you went this route, Kim, but I put in how is this harvest affecting like Constellation and Gallo, like the big guys. The biggies, like, yeah. Because they contract out all their fruit. And in the past, we've done some very sad articles where we read that the growers will bring them the fruit, they test it and they reject it, and they just move on to the next person. But mm -hmm. those farmers lose all their money. Yeah, I think that's a big, you know, that's a big consideration when we're dealing with things like this, because a lot of insurance companies aren't covering fire damage. They're not covering smoke damage. I mean, they might be covering fire damage, but they're not covering smoke taint. Well, and the, the, if the a grower is growing grapes and then his buyer turns around and says, well, I'm concerned because there's a possibility for smoke taint, then that grower is completely out of luck. Right. And they probably already harvest them. They hired people to right. harvest, you know, thousands of, of grapes and they get rejected. So they have nothing. They still have to pay the people. They, they mm -hmm. had to pay to produce the fruit. Uh, but you cannot find anything because they'll just move on. And if they don't find a source in California, they'll move to another state or they'll, they'll import some juice yeah. from another country. And I think so, that, you know, this kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of the things that we often talk about with transparency and labeling and transparency, you know, even on the internet of trying to find information about certain wines. It seems like there is very, very public information. <laughs> there's not a lot of public information out there about how you can find what juice is in these big brands bottles. Either it's protected information or it's just, it's just not released. You know, we don't necessarily know which vineyard such and such as juice is coming from under some big label. So yeah, that, I think that's a, a big part of the industry that the consumer just really knows nothing about. And I think the 2020 harvest, the growing season has been good, correct? Up until all this smoke and fire, they've had a pretty good growing season. 
I think except for, yeah, just f from a vineyard perspective, I think it's been a pretty good year. Like I don't think that the drought was necessarily as bad as it has been in other years, but a lot of the problems were more COVID related problems with anticipating future sales and with being able to get enough people to do the, to do the harvesting. Yeah, big labor shortage issues, especially because they, they would bring in people from other countries to do right. the, the harvest and then yeah. they'd, they'd go home and they can't get them in, they can't house them they, because of the COVID. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting uh, year. And, and we tried to find as much as we could for our listeners, Kim, and, and it just keeps changing every day. But I think compared to the other years we talked about fires, there seems to be less coverage in the wine world about it this year. It's also, been, it's also been a lot earlier. Like last year, it was um, After September. Harvest? Yes, it was September into October. So last year, it was the tail end of harvest. And I believe that most of the stats that we read said that 90% of the grapes were in, had already been picked, and were already in the wineries and being made into wine when the, the worst of the fires hit. So there was just that last 10% still in the vineyard. This is the complete opposite. So for these, the wildfire started mid to late August. So practically everything was still on the vines. A lot, I mean, many of the whites had already been picked by late August, but you still have the vast majority of your red grapes still on the vine when these hit this year. So I think that is actually a really big difference between 2020 and 2019. Yeah, that makes sense. So, we'll, we'll, we'll just see what happens uh, in a few months when, when the results are, are coming yeah. in. For and we do like Jason. to keep up with these things. And we always, this is the time of the year when we're starting to get those vintage reports. So, you know, we're, we're just starting to get them out of California. We're just starting to get them out of France. We haven't got anything from Italy yet, I don't think. Yeah, this is stuff that's going to be hitting, hitting our news stream very soon. So we'll be able to, to talk with all of you about it. Thank you for joining us today for The Wonderful World of Wine. We've been your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine, and we always love to take your questions and comments. Maybe we'll bring your question up on air and answer it for you. And you can find past episodes of our show on SoundCloud and iTunes. Cheers. Wine, wine, wine.